Double Impact Healing and Deliverance Center of Christ Youth Podcast, where the pastor and founder is Apostle Keith Blanton. You join me, Minister Galen Cook, as well as Minister Yvonne Tucker and Prophetess Ebony Richardson. On today, we welcome you and we hope you enjoy the word that the Holy Spirit will bring forth on today. Minister Tucker, would you like to pray us in, please? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord, and we say thank you. Thank you for such a wonderful day, a day we've never seen before. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in this season. We thank you, oh Lord God, that you allow us to have our trust in you, oh Lord. Holy God and righteous Father, we come against, oh Lord, every devil, every tactic of the enemy that will come against this word, that will come against the signal, all distractions, hindrance, and delays. We curse and we bind it and overthrow it into the pit of hell. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, let the alert notification go off in the spirit, O oh Lord, as well as through this Facebook as well as through this podcast so that your people that you have a word for that you have poured into us for can get what it is that they need that prayers can be answered oh lord god in the mighty name of jesus holy god have the right away we stir up every gift and every talent within us and holy spirit we invite you in have the right of way through us take our mouths take our hands lord in the mighty name of jesus and Lord, touch every viewer. Let this anointing go out and set the captives free, O oh God. Bind up the broken and the wounded hearted, O oh Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, have the right of way, Lord. Not our will, but let your will be done, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, saints, God is just so excellent in this season. I know there seems to be so much going on, and, and there's the COVID, and then the enemy is projecting a lot of fear through things, but God is still God. And if you love him enough to trust him, and if you're still seeking him, and you're consecrating yourself and using this time to build up your relationship with him, he is definitely talking in this hour, and you don't want to miss it you definitely don't want to miss it what i love about god is his wonderful unchanging hand you know when correction comes when rebuke comes from the lord regardless of who or how he uses it it is all it's working for our good it's working for the good of those that love us god has an order and most people don't have the proper perspective of God. They assume he's a Santa Claus or they misinterpret the scripture or they have an impartation that did not necessarily come from the Holy Ghost, but it came from book sense or book knowledge or sometimes the pit of hell because the revelation is, is simply off. And I know that's kind of cutthroat, but you got to come straight how it is. So many people um, in this season need to be where in the safest place and then that's the will of god and so uh within this season god is correcting not just things in the church but he's correcting things in the earth he's correcting things in the government he's correcting systems because at the end of the day we're all just stewards you know no matter whose title is what it is god who honors it is god who gives promotion 
not man. And so when people or spirits creep in through people and steal titles, steal position, or rebellion builds up, then you have people going astray and doing things their way and putting God's name on it. And that's definitely not him. And the goodness of God will allow you to go so far because his grace his love and his goodness gives you that space to repent not so that you can uh, prosper in your way or thinking you've gotten away with anything but he does this so that you have that opportunity to come back it's the goodness of god that leadeth thee to repentance so early this morning um the lord had got me up and oh it's always a wonderful time in God, especially when he's willing to speak and when he's willing to pour. And it's such a refreshing. And so he, he poured out so many things, people of God. And so um, one of the things that I believe that the Lord wants to discuss today is his order and his process and how he is the same God. And that is who he is. That won't change. And so understand what it is that he's doing in this season people of god so um as the lord began to pour out this morning um he began to reveal some things um i know within the last one of the last messages that was uh ministered uh talked about job and it talked about the the process that he went through and how you know god was working out some things in him and it talked about the consecration and the righteousness and his belief and it also talked about his level of stewardship and then a, a different measure of stewardship with those around him well god take it took it to another level this morning um what i did know i don't know if you knew minister or prophetess but uh, Job is actually the grandson of Esau. And so when you think of that, it's like, hmm, you know, wow. You know, because the, the first thing that comes to mind with me when I think about Esau is that the Bible says God hated him. Yeah, and he sold his birthright. So that's what he is known of. So the moment I hear Esau, that was the first thing that came to mind was how he sold his birthright. I think about how it said that. God hated him over that. And it seemed like such a small thing, right? Where it's like he 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 wanted this pottage and you know it was his brother. This is how saints get off, people of God, leaning on our own understanding, which the Bible tells us not to do. So because he was hungry, which means he was impatient, which means that there was lust being built up for him. There was want that God wanted to crucify. And there's a process for that. That's where faith is supposed to be. That's where your praise, worship, and belief is supposed to be, and not the wrong hunger. You're supposed to hunger after righteousness, hunger after the more of God, not stuff, or not compare yourself to another. The Bible says that's not wise. So Esau looked at what his brother had. Esau compared grace, looked at where he was and was in his flesh. He was in his emotions. And it's not that God didn't will to bless him because God did bless him. And so because he did not understand that blessing and because he did not study to show himself approved, because he did not seek the Lord, there was a misinterpretation that came in. And the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy came in and frustrated the grace of God, frustrated that place that was supposed to rot 
how in him miracles, signs, and wonders, and the power of God that would save and heal and deliver at great depths and dimensions. And so he, not knowing that, threw away his whole process for pottage, for pottage. And so there was a place that he didn't want to understand because the flesh was so prevalent. You know, the Bible says that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You need to understand that people of God, that when it says that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God, it's talking about your flesh, your nasty, stinking, rotten flesh. And I'll tell you why it's so nasty, because flesh, the flesh cannot hear the things of God. The if flesh is enmity to God. I mean, if this thing is an enemy to God, you will not be able to hear or discern accurately in your emotions, in your flesh, basing things off of things you were raised to know, you know, the essential things. And essential and is devilish. You know, there are things that we are raised up and taught in the world that is so opposite from God's will and God's way and God process. I know you've heard the cliche, I say cliche, the cliche, uh, God bless the child that had his own. That doesn't even sound like faith. That doesn't even sound like any virtue. There's That doesn't sound like patience. There's no, but God bless the child that had his own. There's not even scripture. There's not even scripture that backs that up. He helps those that help themselves. How does that sound? Like there is, there's no, if you help yourself, you don't need his help. You know, that's what prophet is just saying. So it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by his spirit. And so as the Lord dealt with me about Esau and he dealt with me about Job, and of course we know Job was, you know, God's beloved. You know, God loved him. He he was the greatest. The Bible says the greatest man. And so he had all these gifts and all these talents, and he was always doing the work of the Lord. But it's it's his lineage. Look at his lineage. His great grandfather was a twin that God hated and gave up his birthright. And so to know that that was in his lineage, I could almost just think about the warfare, the constant warfare he had to go through in his mind and that had to be processed out of him so that purged so that he didn't operate in the same way. So um, there was something else that God showed me about uh, Esau. Um, Minister Cook, if you can bring up that scripture in Genesis. Um, though God Though the scripture says that God hated Esau, we know that when he found out that, you know, he said he, his brother stole his birthright, which he didn't. It was more so of, you know, uh, he gave it away. And so it was scripturally sound that God still had a plan and a process. It's like God knew he was basically going to give it up. But he still had the opportunity to operate in faith. And so that's what God looks for in us is that faith, that thing that's that makes us righteous, that believing thing. You know, Abraham believed God, and that's what made him righteous. Even the woman in the New Testament, when the Lord rebuked her and said, you know, that it wasn't, it wasn't good to give what was for the children unto dogs. 
And it's like, God is basically rejecting you. God is basically calling you a dog. God is basically telling you no. And her faith, you know, she hoped against hope and said, well, you know, even the dogs are worthy of the crumbs from the master's table. That showed a place of humility. That showed a hunger and a thirst after God. Like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you said. I love you enough or I'm coming anyway. And that's what God wants after us, is he wants us to believe and hope against hope. Not get frustrated with the process. It takes a lot to humble yourself to allow God to exalt you. That took a lot for her to take that insult from God himself. And acknowledge it as truth. And acknowledge it as truth. First thing she said was truth, Lord. Truth, Lord. Falling into agreement with it, even when it was like very insulting, very hurting, but it was the rebuke that brought her into harmony. And when she stewarded that, that rebuke correctly, she was able to hear and acknowledge God and, you know, one thing I want to point out is she was a, a, was she a Canaanite woman, right? Now, if you pay attention to the lineages of all of these different, you know, different people and countries of people that had ought against Israel, that the Lord told them not to mix with, like the bloodline still goes back to the same lineage that the Israelites came out of. If you pay attention closely in the Bible, those who fell out of alignment with the will of God and did contrary to what he said, eventually birthed out those Canaanites, all of those ites that were at war and constant warfare and strife with the children of Israel. It was like the, the consequence of the flesh kept showing up generation after generation to fight against the righteousness of God in the children of Israel. And so it's like that, that, that came forward. It's even like the best example I can give is with the Samaritans. The Samaritans were Israelites. They were Jews. But they branched off into a whole different sector of people that the Israelites would not deal with because of Ahab and Jezebel. Now, Samaria was a, a one of the, you know, possessions of Israel. And when Ahab married Jezebel and got into divination and witchcraft and going after Baal instead of the true and living God, it got the true worship of God got mixed with idolatry. And that's what caused them to branch off to where they were basically cast off. And that was something why it's like nobody dealt with the Samaritans. It's, that's the same cycle with all of the other, you know, peoples, the Moabites, all of the Ashdodites, all of those people were born of the flesh out of sin that went against what God had said. Yes, yes. And so, you know, it's so important that you understand your lineage and where you come from, because that will equip you for the battle of head. It'll give you to understand your anointing and what it is that God wants to do through you and for you. 
um, get, getting back to Esau, uh, Job was his was his grand you know was his grandchild was his grandson, and so here you have a totally different spirit. Somebody that is willing to go through with God, somebody that was there, loved God, and God had blessed abundantly and even bragged on, bragged on before the devil. Boy, ain't that something when God <laughs> brags on you and the devil knows your name? You know, I could just, um, I, I can speak for me personally and, and, and say like, you know, wow, my testimony is I came from witchcraft. I came from sorcery in the deepest, the deep part. Things that people see in movies that think isn't real, is very real. And yet the Lord saved me. And yet the light came into darkness and snatched me out. Nobody gets the glory of that but God. And so now running after him with all I've got, it's him that's constantly doing in me the will that to do for his good pleasure. So Esau was known for that Edomite spirit, that God of the belly. And so uh, that's the thing that pleased his father. Oh, because he cooked so well that uh, that Vincent, that, that meat, oh, he just, they loved it so much. And so even though God had sanctioned from the very beginning to say that it would be the, uh, the elder to serve the younger, the, the father had a favorite, the one that made the venison. And so it took wisdom, the woman, to know, hey, you know, this, this, is, this is in God's order. And she was able to set things in order without causing a, re a rebellion, without, well, I'm going to say that, but she was able to do things subtly so that God's will would be done. And so... Um, I know you're like, Sister Tucker, where are you going with this? Many of you, God is being, God is dealing with you about your gifts and your talents, and you've left the safe place of grace to follow after what you think to be God, and it's not. And I want to show you some things within the scripture. Um, Minister Cook, if you can bring up the scripture in Genesis. So when Jacob fled from Esau, Esau had vowed to kill him. You know, Esau was very angry at what happened. And, you know, instead of, you know, hoping against hope, now he has an art against his brother. He's jealous. He's envious. He's, he's hateful. He's like, I'm going to kill him, you know. And so this this is the thing. So the mother had Jacob to flee. And I know I'm kind of like, you know, all over the place, but you're not, you need to hear this word. And so there came a point where Jacob had to go back and face his brother. And in the process of doing so, he had all these peace offerings laid up. It, the scripture talks about all these, you know, all these things that he was trying to give his brother to create peace. And so, um, Galen, would you start in Genesis, the um, 33rd chapter? And so we're going to start where Jacob goes to meet Esau. I want you to start at that, that fourth verse and read down to Genesis 33, starting at verse 4. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, The children which God hath graciously given thy servant. 
Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, What meanest thou by all this drove which I met? And he said, These are to find grace in thy sight, my Lord. So if you notice, everybody's bound to Esau now. Everybody, not just the kindred, but the maids and their children, everybody is bowing to Esau. And so Esau is known as a ruler. Esau has a place. Esau has a bunch of stuff. He has a nation. He has success. He has fame. He's known about in the land. So everybody's got to reverence Esau. Yet the scripture says God hated him. So I want you to read the next verse. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that thou hast unto thyself. He had so much <laughs> that God turned his heart and he gave it back to his brother and said, I have enough. You know what God showed me in this? He said, Yvonne, there are people out here running behind pastors that have made themselves pastors. People I hate because they have aborted the process. But because they have a name, because they have a big church, and because they have stuff, they think surely God is with them. Not so. This just this scripture just shows you that. <laughs> There's a lot of people that look like they got the call, sound like they got the call, wearing the title, and are nowhere near in God's will. And the only reason, sometimes the only reason God is allowing that to take place because it is the goodness of God that gives you, you know, space to repent. You know, he does this to give you room to come back. To say, Lord, I'm sorry to get this right. But some people frustrate the grace of God. And they keep moving forward. And they keep trying to operate and use that. And, and now, even now, we're in a season where God is saying, enough is enough. My order, my will be done within the earth. And so even um, just looking at this, this thing, you know, him and his brother were twins. And God's will was made made manifest on, on Jacob, yet Jacob went through so much. He had to be processed. There were things that he had to learn in 14 years. There were things that he went through that built up his gifts, that built up his talents, that built up his discernment, that consecrated his relationship with God because he was in a place where he could only trust God. He didn't have family to lean on because in his own understanding, it's like mama set me up. You know, my dad's dead and now my brother is trying to, kill me and now you know my <laughs> my uncle didn't trick me and i'm a slave you know that was prob that was a, a a carnal perspective that he may that he may have had yet he submitted to the will of god and he trusted god and he entreated of the lord in all situations and so even though god allowed these situations to bless him he was processed people of god 
And uh, um, I just want to bring out a point. Um, Minister Tucker spoke about the appetite of Esau, that God in his belly, he was appetite driven, which drove him to sell his birthright. And this is the reason that the Lord just showed me that he had that, that lust, that appetite within him was because of how he was interacting with his father. Now, remember, Isaac, his father, was the child of promise that was given unto Abraham and Sarah. But in his old age, his eyes became dim. He played, he had like him and his wife both had, both had favorites. He favored Esau and his wife favored Jacob. Now, I'm not saying, you know, like certain way you feel about your kids, it is how it is. <laughs> but somewhere along those lines, his affection and and his inclination towards Esau came into a place of just having a certain understanding and you know like each the love you have for your kids may be different but not necessarily greater or better than the other but something led to it leaning too much toward his son and because he you know started to grow dim in the eyes it also showed that there was like a dimming of his discernment spiritually as well and he loved Esau because of the the meat and the game that he would catch and cook for him. He was driven of his appetite in his old age, which spilled over into his son and which aborted certain processes in Esau, which caused him to despise having to wait. Yes. He wanted what he wanted right then and there. And that is similar to how it is today where you know like there are men and women of god who may have been in the will something may have happened where they got off maybe they forgot some principles they weren't you know didn't keep certain things and it you know in their flesh they may have birthed out people after the flesh who have continued in the flesh doing things out of order and caused them to despise the process, as Minister Tucker said. And because of that, there's a, a righteous indignation and hatred for, for that coming from the Lord. Hold on. And so what the Lord showed me is that it's, it's that, that appetite will cause certain things to go awry within your spirit which has to be processed and my oh lord give it back to me i'm gonna have to pass it over to you again. It's off that yes and so one of the other things that she was saying about appetite and i was gonna go to the next scripture which deals with that is also you know you can be too common with the man of god the woman of god mother father sister brother and you can be so common that they infiltrate the part of your heart that god is supposed to have and so what a lot of people don't know, and God has been uh, dealing with me about this, uh, your real heart, your mind is your belly. It's not this. It is this. And I'll tell you why. Your belly 
and your rectum work together to communicate to the brain to tell it what to do, to tell it what to take, what to get rid of, what to hold, what to fold, how to digest it. it the belly is where it is. This is why the Holy Ghost rests within the belly. This is why out of your belly should, uh, shall flow rivers of living water. This is why God looks to change appetites because there are gods in food. There are everything. We are spirit being. So when you, and I know I say this often because this is the Lord, flesh speaks you know when when Cain slayed Abel it said his blood cried out from the ground so when God changed my appetite when God took me off of meat and that included fish and eggs and you know all those things that I loved at the time <laughs> you know not understanding the gods I was in agreement with loving and not loving God the way I should have all had a language because they were living beings at one point. So these were different minds within my mind. These were different languages within my language. These were things that were short-circuiting the power of God and the fullness of where he wants to take me and what he wants to do for my life individually. And so as he dealt with me about that, I don't want any chicken and pork chops and, you know, I didn't need those things crying for my belly because these are animals that are tortured or live to die. They're sitting in a depressed state. And so now you're intermingled with it. It's in you and you wonder why you want to sleep all day. You're wondering why you kind of feeling like depressed and why this day is looking like tomorrow and you never know when you're gonna die and things ain't getting better this was the mindset of that chicken that was slaughtered that's in your belly this is the mindset of that pig that put itself in his own filth that's now in your belly and now you don't want to be clean and now you living filthy you know it's 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 a it's a it's a language that will speak in you and so when God purged my appetite of that, those voices I have no longer have room for me and God can have more room in me. And so now, now when God says something, it's, it's, still a, it's still a wrestle, but it's not as big as a fight as when I had the sugar in there, which is another addictive spirit. And that spoke to me and said, you want to eat this? You want to eat that? Oh, let's get this. And that drove me to a place in my flesh that would not allow me to hear God or reverence God or fear God. It would crucify flesh all, uh, crucify Christ the flesh all over again, making me a repeat offender. And so when God purged me of those things and those appetites, it allowed me to hear him clearly and allowed me to see the God's operating in people. You know, even the world has a saying, the best way to get to a man is through his stomach. If that ain't the devil, I ain't never heard of him. The best way to get to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's because this devil knows that that is his heart. This is, you know, everybody say, you know, this is the heart, but it's really here. Everything starts within the gut. Disease starts within the belly. Everything starts within the belly. This is why you got to know your body and eat to preserve yourself. This is that abundant life that God wants to make sure you have that balance in that process. I'm to address the question people may have. 
Like, so Minister Tucker, how does your, your belly control your heart? Remember, we are all, you know, flesh and blood. We're living beings. Like, we have a body. If you don't eat, you can starve. Like, you can go, you know, a certain period of time without eating. You can go, you know, a couple months sometimes without any food. One thing you definitely going to need is water. But the fact of the matter is, when you hit a certain point after not eating for a, cert a certain length of time, your body goes into starvation mode. Your body is telling you, hey, you need calories. Otherwise, your brain is going to shut down. Your organs are going to shut down. Go eat something now. And it will let you know, you know, this is one of the things like with pregnant women, women, uh, pregnant women will have aversions to certain foods, which lets them know that they are, which lets them know that they can't handle a certain type of food. So if it is like, you have an aversion to popcorn. That was one of the things that my sister couldn't eat. She like would cry whenever she would smell popcorn cooking. There's a mechanism within your body to let you know, hey, don't eat that. It's not good for your body and it's not good for your baby. So you develop these certain aversions. The body lets you know those certain things. So it may tell you to eat more of this because you're going to need the fat content in that food in order to build up, you know, the, the neurons in the baby's brain as it's growing. So your body will dictate to you, you need to eat this. You, you need more carbs. You need more protein. You need more, more good fats. You need to put this in your system in order to function. So if, as she's saying, if this was a living creature... Now, by today's standards, the way that animals are raised are in wretched conditions, you know, especially since, you know, biblical days. Now, if these animals are going through certain things, their blood is crying out within you, as she stated. So whatever is in you is dictating to you. If your body is used to that certain type of food and you really like it because it tastes real good, your gut has become used to that and it's telling your brain, hey, your heart, hey, you, you need to eat more of that. The, the, I wanted to say something too, Minister uh, Galen, while you were talking, um, because you can say, well, if that's the case, well, if I have the taste for a cookie, then that means that I'm supposed to have it, right? Not so. You have to discern properly which God is talking to you. If this is something that's going to do good for your body, fruits, vegetables, those are the things that help you. I remember when I was having um, some some issues with like seeing clearly, you know, when I got out of the hospital, I was going through some things and I had this strange taste for carrots. And normally I could not, I could not stand carrots. I, I, I normally didn't like them. And out of nowhere, right, you know, and you know, I, I just couldn't take it. I was like, oh my goodness, I really, 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 really want these carrots. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to look it up. So I looked it up. And if you pay attention, if you cut open a carrot, it looks like the pupil of your eye. And 
the Lord was telling me and my body was saying, this is what you need to eat because you're having an issue seeing clearly. You need to put this in you. This is what you need to eat. And now I love carrots. You can't stop me eating carrots. They're my favorite now. But before I had an issue with it, but I didn't understand that my body was actually telling me what I needed. And it's so important, you know, that we understand certain things that, you know, when that cow or that chicken, uh, before you eat it, it goes through so much before it dies. Now, this is something that the Lord dealt with me about. And I was a big person with chicken and beef. I used to love beef, ground turkey and everything. And I can't eat that anymore. And I didn't realize what that meat or what that animal was going through. And the Lord was showing me that the cows, they're strangled. The chickens are pumped up with so much toxins and, and, and medicine and steroids in their bodies before they die. And then they kill them. And then they're shipped off to the stores and then people come and buy them. Now, you don't know what that animal saw before it died. It could have saw another animal killed. And that image is engraved in its mind. And then you get that meat, you cook it, you season it, you prepare it. And the next thing you know, you sit down and bless the food and then you eat it. You say, okay, I bless it. I'm, I'm good. But when you eat it, that place or that God that's in your belly that you haven't surrendered to God is being fed more and is being pumped up more. And now it's a greater fight for you to hear clearly. It's a greater fight and a struggle for you to fight off anxiety, depression, and all these other things and the forces that are happening in the atmosphere. You don't realize it, but it's really igniting that God where it's igniting that yes it's igniting it more and the fight and the warfare comes harder for you because of the things that you're eating and I was like Lord you want me to stop eating this you want me to give this up you want me to let this go he said yes and I didn't realize that also because I had a problem with my colon and I didn't realize that food, technically speaking, meat takes a very long time to break down and digest in your body. Let's just be honest. It takes beef a long time to pass through. That burger that you had two months ago could still be in there and you don't even know it. And, you know, or that chicken, whatever it is, whatever that piece of meat is, it takes so long to go through your body the way that it's supposed to. And I wasn't realizing that the problem that I was having, that digestive problem that I was having, you know, I would have belly problems all the time. It would feel like, oh, it takes so long for my food to digest. And, oh, I'm having, you know, the, I don't want to get explicit. But I was having problems going to the bathroom. And I didn't realize that it was the food that I was eating, that it would take so long to break down. And it would take so long. And I would be taking um, the laxatives and all these other medicines and things like that. And the Lord was saying, you don't need all of that. The thing that you need to let go of is the meat that you're eating because it's going, it's harder going through. Your colon is very delicate. You can't eat what other people are eating. You can't have what everybody else is having. You have to eat the way that I've given you to eat. It may look good. It may smell good. Oh my goodness. You may see other people eating it and the juice is dripping down their face and they look so happy. You're like, oh Lord, I want that so bad. But he's saying no, because what happens is it does damage to your body versus everyone else. So, and I didn't realize that when God first told me to stop eating meat, 
as my sister was saying, you know, it causes you to sleep a lot. And I remember working and I was like, Lord, why am I so tired? I'm like, I could have just had a nice, you know, a good nice rest. I had enough hours of sleep. And I was like, Lord, why am I so tired? And, and why am I just, what is this? And I was walking around and working and stuff. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. And he said, remember that chicken you had yesterday? I said, yeah. He said, it's still in there. I said, what? He said, yeah, that meat is heavy. You're eating heavy foods. And especially if you get up and you don't have breakfast, you don't, you, you know, you don't have breakfast. So the next thing you do is you have lunch and then you have a heavy lunch because you didn't eat breakfast and that adds on to it. Now, when you go back to work, you overloaded, you heavy, you groggy, you fall asleep, you, your belly is full. But the energy that you needed, the right nurse nutrition that you needed is not helping you because the, the meat you just ate is causing, you know, it's causing you to be heavy instead of light. So I was like, oh, okay. Now, I'm to be honest, I had a little bit of a struggle wanting to eat vegetables because I didn't like it. And I was like, Lord, you want me to do this? He said, yes, I want you to do it. But I noticed the difference now versus when I ate meat. I know the difference. I'm not as graggy, groggy. It didn't take me 15 hours to get up. I can get up, do what I got to do, and I have a problem. But before, when I would eat, especially the night before, I was a night eater. I would eat late. So if I ate something heavy the night before, and then I try to get up the next day, it's a little harder because that food that I just ate didn't digest properly. And nine times out of 10, it was me. So now I got that plus whatever I'm getting ready to eat the next day in the course of my morning, moving around, it causes me to be heavy and stuff, you know? So I didn't realize that that was what's happening. And it caused me to have issues and things like that. So he was saying, no, you need to let that meat go. So now I notice that when I'm eating fruits and vegetables, when I'm eating things like that would help me give me energy that's light, it's easier for me to move throughout the day. So that's what the Lord was showing me. And I want to hand it over to Gail. Go ahead, sister. Now, just bringing it back around to Esau and that the spirit of the appetite you know, driven from his belly that transfer upon him because of the appetite in his father's belly is what it is, is his father having be, become dim in the eyes and dim in his spiritual discernment caused us like he caused a malfunction to take place within his son spiritually that that appetite it that transfer upon Esau wasn't just in his belly naturally for food. It transferred spiritually for one of things and and notoriety and attention. And, and because of that, he gained all of these things and skipped a process of being made the way that Jacob was made. Jacob had to serve for his wives. He had to serve extra time for the one he actually came to marry. And like he got duped and actually had to serve another seven years in order to get the one that he wanted in the first place. And it's like, in spite of that setback, he stayed and allowed himself to go through because he really wanted her. He worked for it. He had to earn her. But that's and everything, including all of the cattle, 
and, and servants that he ended up owning when he left his uncle with his wives and children, he had to earn that over those 14 years and grow into that because he was working like, you know, for pennies, slave shift. And then the more, you know, trustworthy he was, he was, he became and the more blessings that his uncle received because of the work that he was yes. doing, that is what allowed him to gain more and more so that yes. when he left, yes. he came out with an abundance. When he when he got there, he didn't have anything. His brother, you know, having the gifts that he had, used his gifts to get yes. what he got. Yes. He wasn't used to, to going through a process. What he went through, he wasn't used to going through a process, so he was used to getting what he wanted when he wanted. And so there was, he didn't get to go through that process, which aborted what the Lord wanted in him. And, you know, it makes me think of had, had the, the wisdom really been there in, in Isaac to really listen to the word of the Lord. The difference in his son's spirit, like having known that even though I was born first, the Lord told mother that I was to serve Jacob. It would have been it may have happened that he might not have despised his birthright, but understood that even though it was his by birth, by being born first, because the Lord had a specific desire and will. He could have said, you know what? The Lord wants you to have it. I'm going to go ahead and just give it to you willfully out of a pure heart. Something different could have happened. But it's like that that process was aborted. But like even though he had like because like when the Lord spoke to their mother, he let them know two nations are going to come out of your womb and two matter of people. Meaning it's not just you're going to have two sons and one is going to you know, be great and the other is going to serve him. No, both of them were going to be great men, but in what capacity? And, you know, it put me in remembrance of in the New Testament when Paul was writing the letter unto one of the churches, I think it was Corinthians, he told them, you know, in his bonds, he's like, I'm, I'm just glad that the gospel is being preached. Some people preach you know, out of strife and contention, thinking that they're harming me because, well, I'm going to do this in spite of him. And, you know, he even said himself, you know what? I don't even care about that. As long as the gospel is being preached, that's all right with me because at the end of the day, somebody going to hear it and somebody is going to believe and the Lord is going to deal with them accordingly. Now, that's not to say that, you know, these men and women who have not gone through the process, who have built up these mega ministries or these huge followings, who have people running behind them. It's not to say that they're not doing any good work for the Lord, because trust and believe there are thousands and millions of people who have believed on the name of Christ because of these men and women. And. The Lord sees that and he and he sees the, the pure in heart who, you know, they came to the ministry. He's allowing them to hear the gospel and be saved. And he is going to process them the way that he sees fit. Yeah. 
But it's he's still requiring that those men and women who have these ministries who have avoided the process, he's still requiring them to get it right and to go come back to the first level yes, to go through it. that process. That's it right there. So he's he's using them, he's allowing them, you know, to to have to prosper in that way for a certain amount of time, but eventually they're gonna have to come home. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, as, as she was saying, it's so important to know your process, what it is for you. Um, in Luke 12, chapter 12, verse 15 says, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. I want to go over that word, covet, really quickly. Covet means to desire wrongfully, inordinately or without due regard for the rights of others to covet another's property to wish for especially eagerly he won the prize they all coveted to have an inordinate or wrongful desire when i see this inordinate and this wrongful desire or it says without due regard for the rights of others there are pastors who have skipped over the one that God said to put in place, to put their favorite in place. And the favorite looks to take the place because they've gotten so common with one another that their obligation has become to, to each other and not God. Now, Father is on the throne of their heart. Not Abba, but Daddy is on the throne of their heart or whatever the case may be. And so there's a there's a sense of perversion there. And so now what you're what you have is this different nation of people that's being risen up the wrong way. And now they're raising up others the wrong way. And you don't know unless you have your own relationship with the Lord and you require it his hand or you have discernment. There there is eyes <laughs> that there's 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 eyes in the death process there's sight and death meaning when you tarry with the lord when you go through for the lord faith faith that pleasing thing to god there's two parts of that that people negate faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen that is faith is literally a hope for something that's not there it's a belief system that makes you righteous and it pleases god because it crucifies your flesh that's how you please him the, the pleasing there's a scripture that talks about how you please him by suffering with him so that you can reign with him so that pleasing place with god is that suffering place which is that fellowship that's what pleases him so if you are not suffering anything, if you're not going through anything, you may want to ask yourself, am I in the will of God? Is this real comfortable? Is everybody liking me? Am I not going through any persecution? Because Esau, it's the, the scripture said God hated him, but he had all this stuff and everybody reverenced him. And so everybody's coming up bowing. Everybody's coming up bowing. The scripture even said he had a couple of wives. And so now he didn't miss process and he got all this stuff and he's got a nation of people following after him. Just raised up the being raised up the wrong way will will ruin 
God in you and you begin to serve another God because God is one God. He is the same God. He does not change for you. You change for him. You conform unto his likeness. He does not conform into your likeness. So when you abort, you, when you, when you going through and you not having an understanding, meaning you're not praising God in the midst of this or looking for God to see, okay, where are you in this? What is it that you want out of me in this? What is the thing that you're looking to perfect? What character is it that I am missing that you desire so that I can inherit the kingdom of God the right way? But when you don't and you get offended because of a rebuke that happened in your church, you get offended because you didn't get what you wanted. You're offended because you're beholding lying vanities that have caused you to forsake your own mercy, give you a drawback spirit, you become resentful, you become bitter, you become tired, you cast away your confidence for a great recompense of reward, and now you feel like you're laboring in vain. So now you look over at Bishop, Prophetess, Apostle, such and such church, and because of all the stuff they have, all the members they have, all the things they're doing, you think that's God. Let me take my gift and go over there. That gift ain't even yours. You are not your own. You were purchased with a price. An inheritance, All every good and perfect gift comes from above. So you can't take your gift and say, I'm going to go serve here. I'm going to go do this there. This is what I want to do. I'm not going through that. That's for the birds. No, it's for you, bird man. Because that's who God is called to go through this. And so when you suffer with him, you reign with him, but it's not just for you. It is for someone else, but you can miss it. When God says his plans are good for you, are of good and not of evil, that's what he means. I'm going to share this uh, testimony, and yet it's still going into fulfillment. I have, a, I, had a, I, I, I have a family member that God was dealing with about their diet. And so God began to open up a door for them to learn about nutrition free. Got free uh, kitchen utensils, every class, free meals and things. And God did it at a very specific time in their life because he saw what was up the road. And as he began to do this work, their own understanding, their appetite, their love of uh, Hennessy steak and macaroni and cheese, uh, got in the way of God's will. And he did not will that for them, but they willed it for themselves. And so in disobedience and counsel of others, they say, you know, you got to live. You know, God wants you to do what makes you happy. He said he gave desires of your heart. He wants you to live an abundant life. It don't take all of that. All of this was wicked counsel that was raised up and put seed in them against what it is that God wanted to do, against the fervent will of God, against what God wanted to plant them. And so this little fox came up and began to destroy the vine. And so up the road of peace, they ended up getting colon cancer. And when they found out about the colon cancer, it was a stage two. And they did not really understand what, what it was that was happening. And yet God still gave them grace and space to repent. But because I don't want to do that, I don't want to go to that church. 
I don't want to eat like that. Because of fear of men's opinion. Because mama saying, uh-uh, don't go over there and do that. Even though mama don't got nothing. Mama is in a place where God is looking to perfect and working on their character and killing some stuff in them too. <laughs> the devil will put gatekeepers in your children, your best friends. Anybody that is not submitted with their whole heart to God is a, a weapon of the enemy to come against your destiny. And so even though they knew what the will of God was because God wouldn't allow them to sleep unless they prayed, God would deal with them. They knew they had to be in church and God would tell them where to go and they would go to another place because it didn't come at their devil. And so eventually it went from stage two to stage four in less than 10 days. I know, I'm sorry, less than less than less than three weeks. And here it is, you know, Lord, save them. You know, you can pray and pray and pray, but I had to pray according to the will of the Lord as I'm seeking God. He said, I didn't will this. I will to raise up a ministry in them because they knew how to cook, but it was not my gift. It was cooking by Edomite spirit and it was feeding gods in the belly. I was looking to crucify them and raise up holistic eating in them so that people would come to them and be healed. Life may be imparted through people through a meal. They would come and submit at a ministry and run a food truck. I made space for them. This is me. That's what I called them for. And I dealt with them about this. But they would not yield. They did not submit. They did not want that. And so right at the very end, they repented. And God saved them. But then he took them. And when they left, that gift was then imparted and get that gift was given to me. And I didn't understand it. You know, sometimes we think we know what a blessing is, or we don't, or we don't understand the full goodness of God. I got a double portion, people of God. He saved my loved one and he added unto me. And so I'm noticing the more and the more as God is moving through my life, as he will have me to cook or prepare meals. It's anointed, and he moves through it. And as God would have me to counsel, or he would counsel people through me, he would go after the, the curse in their life, whether it be the spirits coming through the liquor or the fried foods that the fried foods that is clogging up the heart. He would have a will for them to eat holistically. And that's the way he does for me. He he works that I eat holistically so that I don't, I'm without excuse. I can hear him and he can use me and move as he please. And he's the strongest voice in me and not the most feeble. And so, but if you look at it from a carnal place, it'd be like, but God, you told me you was going to save my family. And she died. And yet I'm working and serving and you didn't let me hang in that place because you didn't want me to get common in that place to contaminate my atmosphere. Because this is something that also happened to Job. Job held his righteousness until those other stewards came and sat. They didn't say anything. But they sat in his atmosphere and it shifted him and he was flipped. 
And now he went from praising God with everything he had to murmuring and complaining and cursing the very day he was born because evil communication corrupts good manners. You cannot love anything or anyone more than God. There's even a scripture that says that you don't hate your mother, your you know, your brother, your this or that for his name's sake. You're not worthy of him. Had I been in a commonplace, the devil probably would have killed both of us. <laughs> but due to the righteousness and standing in God be all the glory because I wanted him. I desire him. I wanted to please him and not man. Yes, I was hated for. Yes, I was talked about. But these are processing things that happen. Esau hated Jacob. Jacob didn't have anything to do with what happened. He was just walking and he was obeying. You're going to be hated for this thing. Uh, Joseph was hated by his brothers. That didn't stop the move of God. And so when you submit to the will and grace of God, it's, a, it's for a bigger purpose. I don't eat for me. I eat for the souls that the Lord wills to impart through and move upon because lifeline foods keep you connected to the vine. Holistic eating, eating fruits and eating vegetables. I don't eat fried foods or, or the, the bread that turns into paste and the, the fried stuff that clogs up your heart because I can't lock God out. I am not my own. He has to be able to move through me at any given point. I haven't slept all day. <laughs> I have not slept all day and I feel great I'm not even sleepy but that would be a different story if I was still eating uh, chili uh, crispy chicken chili cheeseburgers if I still had a $150 candy budget a month that sugar devil on my back that was making my hormones rage and was you know coming at my treat I'm just being transparent with you people of God when God gives you an instruction and it's to save you that's what he promised to keep you God is not looking to control you he's looking to save you so this is what he means by raising up a child in the way that they should go we are his child and he's raising us up in the way he wants us to go not according to the world systems the matrix that thing that's looking to birth you out in a system that benefits nobody but devils so it's so important that you obey god because he can replace you like that he can replace and let me tell you something god Always has your backup right there and ready. That's how he did Vashti. He was raising up Esther in the background. Because God, it says that, the Bible says that the heart is wicked and deceitful. Who could know it? God knows it. God knows it. It's not about you. It's about the souls and the example that you are to set in the order in the earth because everything is his. You, the earth, the cow, the sun, the moon is all his and he has an order. And God does things decent and in order. And if you don't want to confirm to the order, you will be judged. You will be judged. You will fall by the sword. You will not eat the good of the land. So it's so important, people of God, that we don't get common. We don't get comfortable with things that God is telling us. Don't be unequally yoked here. Don't fellowship with fornicators. Don't, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Stop hearing don't, 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 don't. And here, live, 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 live. Love me. Come up. 
because that's the proper perspective. Now, one thing I wanted to mention is, you know, in the testimony that Minister Tucker gave, you know, she mentioned that her loved one had time and space to repent, but the time was a short time. You never know what your allotment is. You don't know what your grace period is. When it came to Esau, the day he, you know, sold Jacob his birthright for that, that pot of soup, that bowl of soup, that was it. That was it. And after everything went down and Isaac blessed Jacob instead of Esau, it said, the scripture said that he sought the Lord prayerfully and with tears and there was no place found for him. He couldn't get that back. You don't know how much time you have to deny your birthright, to deny your process to where the Lord says you're shut out. There's no place for you in that in this spot anymore. And he and in order for you to even get anything, he has to rewrite the script for you and graft you in. And that would only be according to your belief. Sometimes people of God, we don't have the proper perspective of what God has given to us. You know, I sought the Lord and was trying to understand this whole birthright situation because I've went back and studied and studied and looked at this whole Esau situation. And from a carnal eye, I was like, but it was some soup, you know, <laughs> it was some soup. He was hungry. It was his brother, you know, you know, so all understanding was like, you know, he, you know. It was it was like a, a, a verbal agreement and, you know, maybe his brother could have gave it back, but then too it was his brother, you know, and God dealt with me. He said, Yvonne, um, he addressed me by name. He said, Yvonne, a birthright is stewardship. I run this earth. It's mine. I don't care what you see. It's mine. The devil can't do nothing without consulting with me. It's, not, it's all mine. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the inhabitants that dwell therein. A birthright is an impartation of stewardship God gives you. And you hold that order. That stewardship can be you cleaning properties. And God is using you like the blood of Jesus to war against the enemy to keep people safe because their loved one is praying the blood over them. God keep them. And then God assigns you to go clean up a place to drive out devils so it's so it's so 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 important that we don't take for granted that god ain't cut you off don't take for granted that i'm still alive and prosperous even though i left where god has placed me don't take for granted the fact that you have woke up to live another day when god has done what you were saying you out of order your father's out of order I say this church to him, and you both would listen. And just because you have people following you, and you get a, 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 a testimony here and there, you think, I'm all right. It means absolutely nothing. It all, it's, it's just a little thing. You know, Eve gave that apple to Adam, and all man fell over an apple, over a piece of fruit. One piece of fruit. One, not two, not eight. He didn't get to eat the whole thing. It was a bite, a bite, a bite. And it was over. 
that just shows you that you can even eat things spiritually that'll kill your destiny. You can go over to this church and, and, and see Esau and all this stuff, and just like it killed him, it's killing you. But just because you're alive and prosperous, you're not understanding the grace of God that's giving you space and room to repent. If God is telling you to come home, people of God, go back to where I called you from, because he does it all the time. He told Hagar, even when she was being mistreated, you know, that that must be one of the craziest situations you can see. They used her. She said, hmm, sleep, sleep with my husband. Then she get mad. You know, have a baby by him. Uh, then, you know, you got to stay in the midst of this whole thing. Ain't no telling where Abraham's head is. And now you got to submit to this. Now you're being mistreated because you did what they said do. Because you may got may have gotten beside yourself, but then too you may have been provoked. So now you like, let me take me and my shorty and we out. I ain't doing this. And the angel of the Lord had to come to her when she was by a well. And to me, if the living water comes up out of the, your bowels, out of, out of your belly comes living rivers of water, I saw it as her going to another church because of things that happened. And she started struggling, and it got real bad, real, real bad. And so much to say, oh, don't let me see the death of the child. And the grace of God showed up and said, listen, listen, I got something for you. But you got to go back and submit and repent. I could imagine that being a very humbling place. But the process was going to promote her to honor. He came to her with that correction to bring her in harmony with the will of God, that she can be exalted in due season. And so in her, yes, Lord, even when it didn't feel good, yes, Lord, when it hurt. Yes, Lord, under mistreatment. Yes, Lord, when I don't understand this. Yes, when according to the flesh realm and what I've been raised to see, this is totally unfair and I'm being mistreated and folks got these titles and they're getting over. Nobody gets away with anything. But the point of it all is you have to love God more than your circumstances. You have to say, I love God more than what it appears to be mistreated. I love God more than what my flesh wants. I love God more than being able to take what could what could prosper somewhere else with somebody else. I love God enough where whatever it is he wants, I'll do it. I hope against hope. And that's what it is that the Lord is looking for out of you. So get your eyes off man. Get your eyes off people. Get your eyes off stuff. And stop thinking, yeah, but they know I left. And they're going to be thinking this and that. Who cares? They ain't got the power to put you in. They got a hell to put you in or a heaven to keep you out of. Go for God. Even if it takes everything you got, that's what you're supposed to do. You know what? Uh, quickly, I felt led to um, tell one my testimony. I left uh, the church once, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm gone. And I left, and I went to another church. Now, check this out. I went to my family's church. And there was a service, and this woman of God was there, and she had these towels and these hankies, and she was laying hands on people. And I said, 
I recognize this. This is where I need to be. And I went and got in that line, and I was like, she's going to lay hands on me because the torment that I was going through in my mind and what I felt is like horrible. I heard voices. I felt things crawling all over me, and I just wanted it off. I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I went and got in this line, and this woman of God came up to me, and she said, I'm not going to lay hands on you. You need to go home and get back where you belong. And I stared at her. I said, how does she know? <laughs> she must have known my pastor. She must have talked to my pastor. How does she know? Like, oh my goodness. Like, he just sent word now that I can't go to certain churches. This was this is what happened. And that wasn't the case. She had an anointing and discerned that I was a part of another flock. And she was not going to lay hands on me because she knew that I didn't belong there. God told her that. And I was waiting on her to lay hands on me. I was waiting on that hanky. I was waiting on that towel. And, you know, I was just waiting for all of that to happen. <laughs> and, you know, I was, you know, waiting on that. And she didn't do it. And I was like, man. And the Lord dealt with me. And he said, you need to go home. And I was like, Lord, I got to go back in there. And I left that place. And I left. I was so full of pride. And I said, I told her, I don't need this. I'm gone. I'm done. And you want me to go back and face all of that? He said, yes, I do. And what I thought would have been the hardest part of my life, what I thought where I was going to be rejected, I was accepted back in. You know, I you know, it wasn't no sign that said, Oh, don't don't hug her, don't look at her, treat her this way, this sisters, and she's not allowed back in. No. So we right. <laughs> so it's very important, people of God, especially because I know that it's people that's watching this and you know that God is talking to you. You know people have walked up to you and prophesied to you and told you where you need to be. And you can't keep ignoring that and thinking that where you are is where you're going to continue to grow. You're going to live. You will die in that place. And you don't know it. So, people of God, we pray that you would hearken unto the word of the Lord and come back to where he wants you to be. Wherever it is, whatever it is he's telling you to do, make sure that you do it. I'm going to hand it back over to my sister. If you would like prayer. We are here with you to pray. Please give us a call here at Double Impact Healing and Deliverance Center of Christ, where our pastor is Apostle Keith Blanton. And you can call 1-800-893-2268. That is 1-800-893-2268. And we are standing by to pray with you, pray the will of God with you, give you thus saith the Lord. Uh, God bless you all. You have a great time, and we'll see you coming up for the next service. God bless.